The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. I've been working hard, and this is one of the things that we've tried to do is blend the kicking and everything else, so I'm just glad it worked out. Ryan, the Wizard Hall! Welcome to UFC Unfiltered. Please tell me that's on video. I've never been happier. I'm made for a fucking podcast. Welcome to UFC Unfiltered. Matt and I today uh, will be joined by John Gooden, UFC commentator, of course. Ryan Hall will be making uh, an appearance on the show today, which is nice. I always like when we get people that we don't get all the time. Yeah. um, My audio setup's a little different, so if it sounds like shit, I apologize. It's temporary, but does it sound bad, Matt? Can you hear me okay? I hear you okay. It's okay. It looks like... Where are you, Jimmy? I'm in the same place, but the problem is my audio, it's just literally... I have a different microphone and all the the stuff is is set up differently. Jimmy, you're not a coffee guy. I love coffee. But Jimmy, my- I'm sipping this I'm sipping this coffee with a shot of espresso. I don't know if it's hazelnut. My wife just brought it up. You ever seen Pulp Fiction with Winston Wolf? When he took a sip of the coffee and he actually stopped. Yeah. He looked at Quentin Tarantino. He didn't say nothing. He just did this. He just did he just lifted the cup up. Yeah. That's how I feel right now. This is like the gourmet shit. I understand. All right, I let's get to some. Let's well, get I to prefer some the, I, prefer the, I prefer the gimp scene uh, from that film. But um, yeah, we have a tremendous card that Matt and I are going to be watching together. Um, uh, Poirier Connor three, and of course, uh, Wonder Boy Gilbert Burns is the really what an incredible co-main event. And maybe we should get John Gooden in here. Um, John Gooden. Yeah. I, hey, listen. Oh, I say good. I say John Gooden. I know he's John Gooden. Did no, I say, no, you should- Oh, he said Gooden, okay. He said Gooden. But I was saying, he seems like a fun guy. Let's get to know him better. Hey, John, how you doing? Look at this good-looking bloke. Thank you very much. Ah, I see you. You got the lingo and everything. Yep. (laughs) You're a tall gentleman, too, aren't you, Johnny? Tall? How tall are you? Six foot eight, like six foot on the money. Well, look at that. Me and Jimmy, we're up to your chest, my man. That's tall to us. (laughs) Yeah, it's good good in on the hips, though, isn't it, Mac? Nice, it's, you know, straight hey, in on my hips. With the hey, with that, I'd say I say it all the time to my jiu-jitsu students. Every body type has its advantages and disadvantages. Yeah. You know, yeah. the tall, lanky guys, and then the short, stocky guys that it's hard to make space when they get some uh, 
position on you. All right, we're getting I can't wait to have the skills to understand what my body type will be able to do for my jiu-jitsu game. <laughs> you train, John, you train though, correct? All right, I've been training a long time. I just I just don't have the, the level that you would expect for someone that's been training as long as I have. Um, How long have you been training? And, and what what do you train in? You train jiu-jitsu, I know. I know that. Well, I d- so I would, I mean, I did judo when I was about seven, karate. Then I did the amateur boxing circuit for a few years as a teenager. And then I came back and did like Muay Thai and MMA since about 2008, 2009. Um, but I've never, I started putting the gi on. Really, I've had my blue belt for five years, for example. So I'm, I need to get back on the mat to, it'll be a moment when I get my purple. It's been a bit like that. So now, I think I'll cry. Do you enjoy, uh, you know, it's so funny. I just gave a purple belt to my, my, one of my students, Pat, he heard the other day and he did cry. It was, it was I beautiful. I think I'll cry. Did you take the belt back from him? <laughs> oh, when he took it, oh yeah oh he got demoted right away i go oh, i'm not looking at you for another six months for this fucking <laughs> i gave one of those sparta kicks to the fucking chest um so john do you enjoy what do you enjoy doing more the striking and or the or the uh, grappling the these days i think the striking well here's a little story so i went up to see uh leon edwards that we got a couple of teammates one teammate of mine in particular is very very good really promising um, so I took him up there because he's very tall. He's like six foot three as a 155er. He's got a 79 inch reach. So this is when Leon was preparing for Nate. And I said, well, our guy, although he's not a Southpaw, I think it'd be a good look for you. So he's like, come up, come up. And Leon and his team have a very open door policy. They, they don't have like a strict head coach. And as long as you're not a dick, you're welcome. You know? So we went up there and we trained with his wrestling team which I, I joined in on a session, which was, which was very cool to do. And, uh, and the guys trained with Leon and the boys. And that night we trained again, but another martial arts team. And I don't do so much of the MMA anymore, but, I th- but there was this amateur kid. It was a welterweight. He was getting ready for a fight. He'd just been in with like a Bellator fighter. And this guy, I was explaining, and my coach, David Lee, who fought in the UFC back in the day, and I thought, well, I'll go with this guy. Like, he's just had the hardest rounds. Like, I'll just tell him, go easy, move around. I didn't even bring any gloves. W- within 30 seconds, he's just under, boom, just cracks me in yeah. like, sparring gloves. I'm like, oh, boy, <laughs> here we go. And uh, in that moment, Matt, I was like, yeah, I'm not so sure I'm up for this heavy sparring deal anymore. My nose is bleeding. That night I went to bed with a headache and... It took me back a few years to when I was looking to, you know, have my own kind of go and see how far I could get. And I just don't think I'm up for it anymore. I'm in my 40s now. So it's just like, what am I doing? What was your amateur boxing record? Uh, I had a two and one in the end. So not massive. Okay. You just fought a, you fought a couple of fights. Yeah. Yeah. And I had a couple of amateur, two and oh amateur MMA. Oh, okay. And, and that was enough. But, but uh, did you win by decision, submission? How did you win? Knockout. Sub, uh, two submissions. Oh, okay. What what submissions, may I ask? I had a I had a nice das on one of them and an arm in guillotine. You know how everyone just shoots in. Yeah, shoots in for the double. I kind of pulled. I like jump guard and caught him in that. So. so, so you're saying you wanted to have your go, your go at at MMA. You had your go a little bit. You got a taste of it. You did a couple of fights. How old were you when you had those fights? By the way. Oh, I was in deep into my thirties. Okay, yeah. wow. so it, was it more of a bucket list thing, or was it more of a let me see if I can actually get in the UFC type of thing? 
No, no, I was never, I was only ever going to be someone who could try and do stuff domestically, but I'm going to be honest with you. I was never particularly talented. I've always been a hard worker, but a few injuries happened. Like I put my back out pretty bad. I missed five years because I did a couple of discs in the back. So um, they wanted to, they wanted me to have surgery, but I refused the surgery. So I just sat out, but that's when I started getting more involved in the sport and doing the commentary and stuff like that. So, it, so every, every cloud has a silver lining, right? So you could handle yourself. You didn't feel like you'd be able to pursue it professionally, but if somebody in a bar gives you a hard time, you, you have the skills probably to get out of that situation intact. No problem. <laughs> have you had to use it at all in, pub, in a public setting or no? Have you had to uh, use that in life? I mean, that would be telling, right? I mean, no, not before, um, not before I actually learned how to do anything decent. Like back in the day, when, when you're a boxer in like a local town, people tend to find out about that and people will either pull you in on their team or they'll try and challenge you. Uh, even though I was never really like a, 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 a decent, a decent boxer myself. It just, it's weird how just having that thing attached to your name uh, brings an element of danger. So, so yeah, that, they were interesting times in my late teens. Now, how'd you get into the commentary work? I'll tell you right now though, your word just now knowing that you fought not only boxing, but you had two MMA matches. I don't care if it's amateur, it's still a fight. Your wait, your your commentary means more to me now. I mean, as far as not, I'm not shitting on anybody that doesn't fight, but I just thought you were a commentator. I didn't really know that you did some jujitsu. I didn't know you fought. That's awesome, man. That's great. You know what it's like to have the, that pit in your stomach. You know what it's like to go out there under the lights. I don't care if it's in a fucking little warehouse. I don't care if it's in Mung. If it's in front of 50 people or 200 or 2000, you know, that feeling. So that I, I, I commend you, sir. That's, that's big. Thank you. Well, I, my, my biggest regret is that I never got to make the walk as a pro. I really wanted to know what that was like and have all the weapons available. It's not, it's not going to, not going to happen now. So um, when you say all the weapons available, your amateur fight, there's different rules for different amateur. Yeah, well, certainly the elbows, no elbows and things of that nature. So um, you, well, you, Still a little punch on the floor? But it's the, uh, we had the shin guards and things like that. So you, you get a taste for it. But it was, yeah, things happened, you know, which sadly got in the way of me of me doing that kind of stuff. But yeah, I mean, I enjoyed it. Um, and I like being part of a team. You know, I never got this to do the commentary. The commentary came because my coach was running his own show. And beforehand, I used to help out. I'd corner my teammates or hold mitts backstage, that kind of thing, be a bit of a cheerleader. But uh, someone came down and did a re did some backstage reporting at our local show in like a town hall. And we looked back on this and it was terrible. Bless her. She, she didn't know she was being disrespectful. She was just trying to have fun with it. But when you're being, when you're quite protective over your new baby, like mixed martial arts, and like a lot of us are when we first get the bug, right? Yeah. That we're like, Oh, this is terrible. And I, I said to uh, my coach, Dave, I said, look, you didn't know this, but back in the day, I tried to be a TV presenter. I went out and got the show reel and it just never hit for me. And I just parked that ambition. It's gone now. And he said, well, look, we, I can't do the backstage thing. He says, but we could do with some commentary. So I, so I used to just do in by myself with a little dictaphone, just all of that by myself, one man booth and call the fights. And um, I loved it. I'd go out to gyms and because I was training at the time, I would go to gyms who had a number of fighters on a card and I'd jump in on a session 
we'd train together. I'd get to know what their game was like a little bit. We'd sit down on the mats after. Matt, you know what this is like. When you're in that brotherhood, people, the chemicals are going, you're all sweaty, you've given each other a couple of licks, you'd exchange stories. So I'd, I'd understand them. So when we got to fight night, they didn't have a massive record, but I understood what they were about a little bit and I brought that to the commentary. And doing it that way has really helped. One, I think people get gaining respect from people in the scene locally, but also having to mine for the stories, work hard to get material for the walkouts. Yeah. And the commentary itself, it's it stood me in good stead. You know, I, I did that all the way through. So I've done the smallest shows to the highest of the highs. Well, when somebody doesn't have a very extensive record, I guess that you have to get into the more personal aspects of them just to have things to talk about. So you probably get to know the people a lot better doing that. That's it. And it's and listen, Jim, it's all about the storytelling. You, it, otherwise, it's, it's two people fighting in a cage or an octagon, right? Which is beautiful for us, but not everyone gets it. That you need to give people a hook for them to go away and be invested in these people going forward. And that's why you need to understand a little bit more of the individual, the man or the woman that's walking in there. Are they a single dad or a single mom? That What kind of job? So many different things. And, and I pride myself on going after that, finding that out and articulating it. You know what's interesting about MMA guys and UFC guys in particular is a lot of guys that have like really hard backstories will highlight it and they'll talk about it. But it just seems like guys who fight in a cage get so much of that part of themselves out. They very rarely talk about that without being asked about it. Like you don't, those guys don't come in and start bragging about, oh, you should see where I came from. It's almost like you're shocked to learn it after you've seen them fight for a while. They just don't have a need to talk about that stuff because they think it will give them credibility. It's a really interesting thing where other people and other jobs who have tough backstories can't wait to tell you how tough their backstory is. Yeah, I mean, Leon Edwards is the perfect example. Yep. It took him a long time before he started speaking about his time back in Jamaica and his relationship with his father, his late father. And I remember being, because I go out as a producer for the UFC, so I'm often the guys behind the camera asking the questions for the European fighters. And I remember Tim, who's part of his management team, would be there on occasion. And we'd talk about certain elements and Tim would like push him and Leon would push back and go, no, that... That business isn't meant for everyone on the street and to be out there. That's my business. And I would respect that. Even though I thought that it might help him, I would respect yeah. Leon's wishes. But eventually, Leon came out with it. And now he understands that it's not just about him. It's not a narcissistic thing. His story helps other people. But you need to allow people like myself, storytellers, you need to let us in. We need to gain your trust, but you need to let us in. And then hopefully we do a good job with recounting that story, you, you're you're on board with it, and we can run with it, and people you can inspire a generation when that happens, and it makes people feel connected to you when exactly. they. And it's not like you're you're using your story to sell out. You're you're literally just telling people things that invest them in you a little bit, and that's all you need sometimes to get into a fighter and and start to want to see him win or lose is some type of an investment in their story or Connor's great at it because he talks so much that he gets you invested. You love him or you hate him, but guys that are quieter, sometimes it's their, their story that gets people either for them or against them. I agree. Um, and uh, we also too this card coming up in crowd. Matt and I are watching it together. We're doing one of those, those watch alongs. We haven't been in the same room oh, very uh, nice. in over a year. So are you, are you calling this fight? Or are you going to be there? So I'm calling the fights, but for BBC here in the UK. 
So I'll, I'll be up super late, but listen, I'm just, I'm happy to be sure. a part of it in some way, shape or form. And I enjoy the radio broadcast. It's very, very different to, to calling it on the TV because there are no pictures, right? So right. I have to then try and formulate different ways of saying things to describe the action that's going on so that the listeners can follow in and and it it is a challenge but i do like i like being able to do lots of different things in broadcasting and it's a definitely a new dynamic for me matt did you know they had a radio broadcast did you know that Matt? i didn't know they did a radio what's that that they do that is it only because it's in england is that why yeah just it's the bbc which is like the biggest um radio network it's it's kind of the bbc is what we pay a uh, a license fee for the bbc it's like owned by the state so when the bbc are involved it's a really big deal because it's like for everyone and i'm very proud that that they've connected with the ufc and it, we've, we've done a few of these now it's a deal that's been in place a couple of years but yeah it's really good so johnny Married kids, talk to us. What the world? We want to know you. We want to get to know you. Yeah, I'm, I'm happily married. We have a daughter, so just the three of us. Oh, that's beautiful, man. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, a girl dad also. I got, ah. I got three daughters, twelve, oh, ten, and eight. Yeah. Does it get any easier? My daughter's three. Oh, that's cute age. Oh, it's fun. Oh, we have fun. I'll tell you right now what I'm doing now. What I never really used to do. I'd pop in on occasion making sure they're doing okay, but it wasn't really my, my forte is I've been teaching a lot of the kids classes. <laughs> right. I got all my three daughters in there. So I'm like, screw this, man. They're getting out of a headlock and they're taking a ripping an arm off. So I've been doing a lot of that, you know, time for dodgeball. Oh, we have a blast at the end. <laughs> I'm not exactly, it's not exactly Steven Thompson. Out there. It's not one to listen. He's got them with the nunchucks. He's got them in a bouncy house. I'm always afraid a fuck's going to fly out of my mouth, to be honest with you, which I don't care if it's just my kids. But when it's little, you know, Cosmo and this one, I'm like, you know, I just got to always, you know, because sometimes I just, it just flows like, like water, you know. But anyway, we have a blast. Well, I spoke with uh, Ray Thompson, Stephen's dad, for a little yes. project I, I'm doing. I, I spoke with him for a couple of hours and really got to know the guy. Fascinating. Yeah. And he told me it is essential that every member of the family enrolls in karate when they're three years of age and every single one of them. So his kids and now everyone since is on the mats at, at three years of age. Isn't that mad? What about one of the boys like family reunions? Now they got his brothers married to Chris Weidman's sister. So you'd have Weidman over there. And then, and then his sister is married to uh, Carlos Machado, so yeah. you got the Carlos Machado. I mean, they, that must be the most diverse, well-rounded, like fam, like dangerous family reunion ever. You know, they got the karate, they got the jujitsu, they got the wrestling, they got the they're like a superpower team, <laughs> right? They got their own UFC three going on, haven't they? With the, with their offspring, you know, they're all purists. Just imagine at a family reunion, and like also they they get a little too much in them. <laughs> Thompson karate guys just like, yo, why man and your fucking double legs? And then you got the Machado guys goofing on him about the fucking I don't, I don't I'm just being weird, but I fucking you can pitch Jimmy, that could be a bit in there somewhere. Oh yeah, someone needs to put a camera on that. Like uh Thanksgiving dinner around the Thompsons has to be that has to be something. So we're missing a trick here. Start starting at three years old is probably so good because you're almost you're not afraid at that age, so you never go through that whole 
well, I don't want to look bad or I don't want to lose. When you start to get, even as a, as a kid, you start to get more competitive. But by the time that kicks in, you've already been doing it for two or three or four years. Now, what a great age to start uh, doing any type of physical training. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't think my wife's uh, going to be on board with with that. But I'll keep trying. My daughter's three right now. She jumps on my grappling dummy and she kisses him goodnight. That's, <laughs> that's what my daughter does with that. that that's, so I don't think she's quite cut out for uh, face punching just yet. That's fine. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I, what do you think? Uh, what do you think this uh, this weekend? We mentioned Stephen Thompson. What a great co-main event against Gilbert Burns um, and, and of course, Connor Poirier three, you know, Poirier looked really good in the second fight. He looked really, really dangerous. And you wonder, has Connor done anything in this last, what is it? Six months or nine months since they fought to, uh, to be able to check those leg kicks or, or, or to be able to combat what you think Poirier is probably going to do to him. Yeah. Listen, he's, he's surrounded by coaches that have proved that they can come up with effective strategies, not only to win, uh, like two titles, uh, but also to come back from defeat uh, with with Nate Diaz. And I, I think it's fascinating the way that Connor's approached this whole thing. I, I'm not sure that you guys had had a question planned about this, but he's obviously not doing media. We've we've noted that. And I wonder whether Connor's tried to keep the rules of engagement the same as what he did going into the first Poirier fight, like he did with Nate, like fighting Nate again at 170 rather than dropping back down to 155. So that in his mind, when he beats Dustin, no one can say, well, you did all this media and got into Dustin's head. You went and did X, Y, and Z. That's what's different. That's what you got it. I feel like Connor's trying to structure things so that he ticks every box and answers all of the questions. And there's nothing, nothing outside of that sphere that anyone can say he's done differently apart from come to the dance with an improved skill set and strategy. You know, I don't know. He never seems to mind getting into people's heads. And they, people have said that to him before. And he seems to kind of embrace that that's a part of his ability to win, is his ability to make somebody so angry like Jose Aldo that they rush in. But he didn't do it against Dustin, did he? No. Um, they seemed friendlier. And again, I don't think he's Connors as aggressive. It's hard to be as aggressive when you got $600 million. It's, it's hard to be as angry. <laughs> you still want to fight, but it's probably... I don't know something. He seems like he's a little bit, uh, I don't want to say gentler, but that's not the right word, but he seems like he's a little bit more uh, respectful of his opponents in recent times than he had been prior. Well, I mean, at least outwardly. What do you think, Matt? I mean, the last fight he was, when's the last time you've seen him? So, you know, he's in there, he's clapping for the guy. I mean, he's just, that was friendly Connor. I don't think you're going to see that this time. I think right. he's going to be all business, not, I don't think he's going to be overly disrespectful, but I do not think he's going to be sitting there holding a hot sauce fucking. That's not happening. I don't see that happening at all. Right. But uh, I'll tell you, I, I don't, I think he realizes with Dustin at, at this point, the, the mind games is going to be a waste of time because Dustin, Dustin, it didn't work on him when he had, it, it didn't, he already got, when Dustin had to rematch him and nobody was really giving Dustin a chance because he got, he got just smoked by him the first time. He, I mean, look how he look. He got he got touched with him. He kept with that game plan. He did not, you know, he did not um, get off his game plan at all. He was standing up with him. He never showed a sign of insecurity about standing up with him. And then when it was time to go for that takedown, the first shot he did, he he executed. 
When he got back up, no sweat. He can go all night. He looked phenomenal in that fight. So for this fight, he knows he can end him. It was not a no, it's no longer a question. Man, I don't know, on my best day, could I beat him? He beat me. Dude, yes, you know you can now. He knew he can before he, he showed the world that he could. So his confidence is all high. And know what I really like? This is, I mean, uh, as far as um, whatever trash talk there's been so far, is that uh, Connor was saying, hey, man, he was putting out there, the first one that shoots is a dusty bitch. Or some, I think that was it. Or I'm maybe paraphrasing a little, but I'm pretty sure it was a dusty bitch, which I think is a great attack. I don't even know what exactly that is, but it's, <laughs> a dusty bitch, but it's fucking, it's definitely degrading. And it's, and it's, and it's you know, I like it. I, I like it. But when you hear, when you hear Dustin getting interviewed, I forgot the interview, but I, I see, I seen the quote of it. And then I saw the clip of him talking and he was going, that just reeks of insecurity to me. And that was, that was like, Oh, that's fucking awesome. Cause that's not even, he's not going back at him. Like, look, this isn't boxing. It's mixed, mixed martial arts. He's just being like, he might've said that, but he's just like, you know what? It just reeks of insecurity to me. And that's like, oh, fuck. You know what I mean? So I don't know, man. I, it's, it's, the, it's just the opposite of what it was the first, the last time they met. Where now everybody's like, fuck, man, can Connor beat him? Before it was the other way. So I'm just ranting what everybody knows. Yeah. But I'm just, I'm super excited. And I'm really excited I get to watch it with my Jimmy. Yeah, it'll be fun. I, lo- I like those watch-alongs uh, because no matter how many times you watch fights, you can't not get excited watching fights. Like You never get so jaded where you're like, oh, that's great. He knocked him out in the second round. Like It's, it's never that casual or comfortable. Uh, there's always an investment. But do you find, John, too, it's harder when you, we've talked to all these guys. And we've, you know, it's, when you like these guys personally, it's harder to root for or against somebody because by rooting for someone, you're watching someone that you like get knocked out. Oh, Dude, I mean, you're talking to someone that on like the local scene, for example, I spent a lot of a lot of hours with Darren Till over the years and Jorge Masvidal knocked him cold in the main event in London. I'm on the call. His his girlfriend and mum are sitting there and I'm going nuts for Jorge because that's my job. I'm I'm a professional or I try to be. Um, But in the back of your mind, you're like, is he okay? Because like I like the guy. You know, yeah. so so that's difficult. There's the best man has to win, but but another one, for example, uh, Jimmy Manua got knocked out bad against uh, Alexander Rakic with that head kick. It was quite a chilling one where he literally bounced his head off the canvas. And I think uh, I remember that his missus and his daughter was there. And in those moments where you're going nuts for the other guy, which which we have to do, in the back of your mind, you're like his his daughter's here. You know, this is this is yeah. really tough. Um, but again, as as we were saying earlier, I've come up on grassroots. I've commentated on my coaches. I've seen my coach get kneed and elbowed, you know, bounced around the, the cage a few times. Not Dave, but another one of my coaches. And that, that's not very pleasant. You know, I'm there as a student putting tones in, and it's like, I've got to go back into the gym and I hope I haven't said anything too bombastic about yeah. this one. So it is t- it is t- I just keep thinking, you're like, <laughs> in the back of my head, I'm like, first of all, Jimmy Mano was such a nice guy. Yeah. Such a nice guy. And a bad dude as well, by the way. Like his, his wife, his daughter's there. And, you know, and all I know is maybe in the back of your head, you're feeling awful. Like, how is he okay? But when they cut to that court, that commentary, commentary cam, and you're yeah. doing one of those, oh, yeah. <laughs> 
You're not going to be invited to Christmas. That kid probably hates you. He <laughs> fucking hates you, Johnny. He's oh. going to see you and you're going to see Jimmy Manawa and you're going to go, Jimmy. And she's going to be like, that's the band, man. He was happy when you were hurt, daddy. I have to tiptoe into these places. I tiptoe around fight week going, have I upset anyone the last time I commentated oh, Ricardo? You know, I've got my mouthpiece just in case. It's, uh, yeah. John, I won't, listen, first of all, she'd probably didn't even see you, so don't even worry. I'm just, that's just my weird... <laughs> I know what you mean. I know what you mean. Jimmy, Jimmy nobody's seen him celebrating one of his yeah. best friends almost getting decapitated. Yeah. The kid's not going to remember that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that fucking commentator cam is rough if you're friends with one of the guys. <laughs> oh, dude, that must suck, right? It's kind of funny, but for the guy that lost... Yeah. How is he going to be giving fucking Rogan a big hug next time he sees him? This is, fucking bite him. The deep joy and everything else. Like, yeah, it's it's rough. There's a winner and a loser, right? It's, the fighters understand this, though, right, Matt? They understand that's it's, it's brutal. It doesn't make it much easier, but, yeah, tough. The brutal game, man. Highest of the highs, and you know that saying. Yeah, for sure. So, hey, hey, Johnny, listen. We don't want to keep you all day, but tell us, tell us something unrelated to your MMA commentary and your training that you like to do. Maybe it's a book you're reading. Maybe it's a Netflix show you're watching. I know you're English. Don't just tell me Peaky Blonders. Peaky Blonders. <laughs> Did you say Picky Blonders? No. Oh, Blinders. Right. Okay, I love right. saying it. I'll say it again. <laughs> you um, want to, you know, well, give us something. Give us something. I'm, I'm mad about cars. Love cars. You're a car guy. I'm a car guy. I and uh, it was my wife and and my anniversary, ten year anniversary last week, and we went through a bunch of old photos. We we had our daughter watch the the, the wedding video and all that kind of stuff, and in some of the photos there are a bunch of keepsakes, and there was a newspaper cutting from when I was well about twenty years ago. I I tried to qualify to race touring cars. And uh, yeah, I got round to the I got to the last rounds to win a scholarship, which was worth about probably about a hundred thousand dollars. And uh, I don't know where I came. It was either third or 29th, somewhere in there. I'll tell people third, but that would be lying. So I got close, but yeah, I, I I'm I'm okay behind the wheel. And I, I one day I'd love to get back to some racing stuff. Jimmy, you realize I thought Johnny was just like an English, you know. You know, he sounds proper with, with yeah. his English accent. And I thought he's just like a commentator guy. You know, he got his, maybe, you know, who knows what he did before this. This guy is an alpha. Jimmy, race car driver. Yeah. Martial artist, former boxer, a couple MMA matches, amateur. I don't give a fuck. You can punch. Hey, man. Newfound respect for you, Johnny. Thank you. Thank you. They just think it, they see the bow tie. Man, they see the bow tie. I see I'm overly mass. I'm overly alpha. That's the, I have to dress the way I do, speak the way, because I'm a bit overbearing for people. I just have to bring it down a notch. Well, listen, man. I uh, we we you're a great announcer. Uh, we got Ryan Hall in the in the uh, waiting room. But uh, thanks for coming on with us. You're always He's a good got a guy. tough fight, by the way. Looking yeah, he does. Elliot, really quick. Uh, Nobody knows with, about that. Tell me. Ten and zero. He's ten and zero, right? Elliot Tapuria is a big star. He's a big star. He's been murdering guys on the local scene. Striker, grappler, uh, jiu-jitsu guy uh, out of Spain. Apparently one of his coaches actually submitted Ryan Hall. That's what Spanish media is saying. Maybe you can clear that up for us. He's a uh, good jiu-jitsu guy? Is he, does he know? Or? He's 23 years old and he's had his black belt four years. 
So, I mean, he, his uh, his headlock series against Yusuf Zalal was very good. He didn't finish with it, but I was very impressed. I, th- I think he's good. He'll be silly to go to the ground voluntarily with, with Ryan, of course, but he's got lovely hands as well. I, I mean, it's a, it's a great fight. It, like, like Wonderboy versus Gilbert, it's this purists almost. I, I like this fight. But doesn't he have, am I crazy? Doesn't, and, and I'm, he's probably not in Ryan's class on the ground at all, but doesn't he have a number of submissions? Uh, yeah, I, yeah. I, he's, got, he's got maybe six submissions. I, if think, I, I think you're right. I think it's about six submissions. Yeah. So, all right. I, I can't wait to talk to Ryan Hall. I'm such yeah. a. John, pleasure, man. Thank you. Thanks, guys. This again sometime. All the best. Enjoy, enjoy the little reunion. Oh, yeah. That's a good <laughs> Support for UFC Unfiltered comes from the official hair restoration partner of UFC, Hair Club. UFC fans notoriously take pride in the way they look. They train hard and it shows in their physique. But if you're not dedicated to your hair health, you're really not giving 100%. For over 40 years, our hair loss experts have helped over half a million clients regrow, replace, and restore their hair. Hair Club offers complimentary in-center and virtual consultation hair health experts to help you learn about custom solutions to regain your hair. Invest in yourself and find out which Hair Club solution will work for you. Schedule a free, no-obligation hair health checkup by visiting hairclub.com slash UFC or texting knockout to 694247. Text knockout to 694247 or go to hairclub.com slash UFC to schedule a free, no obligation hair health checkup. Hair Club, love your hair, live your life. Looking for a new home or you want to save on your current mortgage? Visit rate.com and you could get massive savings with Guaranteed Rate, the official mortgage partner of the UFC. Rates are at a historic lows and you could land that dream home or refinance to potentially cut your current payments in about 15 minutes. Visit rate.com today to get started with Guaranteed Rate. Equal housing lender subject to credit approval. Savings, if any, vary based on a variety of factors. Restrictions apply. Company NMLS ID number 2611. NMLS Consumer Access. Ryan, Ryan Hall, where, where have you been, my friend? Kind of here and there, you know, always training, always working on, on this and that, but I just had a, you know, a bit of a, a long time off again, but uh, I, yeah, I had three fights fall out on me. Um, you know, that was pretty frustrating. I had the coronavirus, had the like a weird, like bogus health thing. And then, then fell down and hurt my hip last one, you know? So, uh, yeah, it was, it was a bit of an unlucky run, but I'm just happy to be back, man. How, how bad was COVID? Uh, Cause you hear some guys that just get it and it's no problem at all. And then other guys that actually have a tough, tough time with it. Yeah, man, I dude, I, I thought I had it like early last year and apparently not. And, uh, so I got it, like, I think sometime around February of this year, right after I hurt my hip actually. So it was like bang, bang. And, uh, everybody, uh, all the instructors at the gym got it all at once. If you'd have told me it was a bad cold, I would have, for a day or two, I'd have believed you. I was fine. But we did have one guy, a uh, young guy, pro fighter, 30 years old, ended up in the hospital. And uh, But the rest of us, nothing, sniffles. The weird thing was, uh, I think, uh, the the taste and smell thing, you know, because right. that's like a constant reminder something's weird. But that was a couple of days long and just back to normal, feel great. Okay. Now, besides that, now, I mean, I don't think, obviously, a lot of guys don't want to fight you. Yeah. And it's understandable. Like, like 
it's frustrating. It has to be frustrating for you. It has to be, but yeah, you might you take that almost as a compliment. Kind of, but you can't you can't put compliments in the bank and you can't, you know, use compliments to get to the next level of uh, you know, of the of the game. So uh, you know, on the on the one hand, it's uh I, I don't know why people don't want to fight. On the other hand, it is it is frustrating, but uh I'm glad to be back. And um uh, yeah, that's all I can say. You you had an interesting quote too about not being a trained monkey or gimmick waiting around to do against like the new grappler. Did you feel for a while that they were using you like nobody wants to be a gatekeeper for anything like that? You they were looking at you as like, well, he's a gatekeeper for anyone that wants to grapple. We'll see if they can go through Ryan. And that just you, you kind of that you didn't like that. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm here to to try to do this. From I got into martial arts because I love martial arts. I love learning. I love fighting. I love competition. You know, I came from the jiu-jitsu world that obviously has its own its own serious issues competitively. But, uh, you know, I, as far as I look at this, it's a sport. I realize it's sports entertainment, but uh, I want to win. And if I win, I want to go forward and fight, you know, fight up, fight forward. You know, uh, got good results against Artem, Gray Maynard, BJ Penn, Darren Elkins. You know, I wasn't waiting around to fight you know, whatever dude happened to be 15 spots behind me that, that people think is a good grappler. I'm not here for that. I'm here for, you know, again, the, the fights that make sense and the fights that are going forward. And, uh, you know, um, if that ends up being a great grappler, fantastic. But, but as you say, I'm here for, for the competitive difficulty and for the challenge and, uh, only that. So only fights that kind of fit that description of the sort of thing that I'm interested in. And, uh, you know, I was in the top 15 for a while. I think it was as high as 12. It kind of, you know, it is, it does whatever it does, Sure. but, um, you know, I was uh, initially uh, told that I was going to be able to fight back into the rankings when I got bumped out because of, you know, that long period of inactivity that was, you know, again, not not my doing. But, uh, you know, ended up uh, fighting a prospect and a tough guy in Ilya Taporia. And uh, I don't turn down fights. You know, if fights are, make sense and they're tough people, I think Taporia is as good as many people in the top 15. And uh, as a result, you know, was happy to accept. And that's why I'm, I'm back and I'm just looking forward to Saturday. Now, you're part of a huge card. Which is great, but but I would it make a difference at all if you fought, or would you prefer to fight at the apex compared to with your style? In other words, dude, first of all, as far as crowd pleasing, you have the the, the drunks that are like ah, stand them up. You have those that are always going to be there. But personally, this is for me. You could ask Jimmy, and if you ever listen to some back episodes, yeah, I'm your biggest fan, dude. I love your jujitsu, Artem Lobov, Artem Lobov. That was great. Totally neutralized them. That might be, some people might say, oh, that's boring. But dude, you're doing it to world-class fighters. You're using, you know what I love? I love when when I see you use, and first of all, not that it's the BJ Penn, because I love BJ Penn. When you did your, um, I always pronounce it wrong. I pronounce your role, the role, the Armin. Oh, the uh, Imanari. Yeah, it's named after the Japanese guy. Yep. Imanari role onto the leg, into the inside heel hook. That was masterful. And if you've shown that prior in like class, they're like, oh, but that's not good for a fight. But yeah. you're on the highest level. Guys like yourself, guys like Gary Tonin, you know what I mean? I love seeing that shit. Seeing the brand, I'm not saying brand new jujitsu because, you know, they could always, but I'm saying cutting edge, leg locks used on the highest level. Dude, my nipples get hard. <laughs> so my point is, let me get back to the what I was trying to get at. Do you prefer... Would you prefer fighting at the apex where you don't have to handle bullshit and you can work your craft or in a big, huge stadium with a million people? Well, not a million people, thousands of people, you know. Uh, honestly, man, I think, and, and first of all, thank you so much, man, which said means a lot because, I mean, dude, I've looked up to you since I started doing, you were already like the guy when I started, man, and it's like senior in ADCC and out winning UFC titles. So 
if you approve of what I'm doing, that really means a lot. I'm, I'm serious. And it, uh, I, I guess I would say to me, as far as the competitive, um, side of things it's a six and one half dozen i don't even notice the people are in the crowd when i'm there you know it's like there could be a billion people there could be nobody it's uh you know you always hear people that say oh it's different in competition it's like no it's not you know is gravity different you know there's another there's the other guy there's you you know if other people throw bottles into the ring and you get to pick them up and hit each other that would be different yeah but as far as like you know it's just the it's it's no you know physics are the same it's uh i think your mind makes it real or not real or different or not different and Honestly, man, I'm just I'm just happy to be back. You never know, um, you know, how many chances you're going to get to compete. And I've, I thought it, it's taken me a long time to get to, to where I'm at, you know, and to have this opportunity to, to be in here again. And it's uh, it, a, lot, a lot longer than I thought it would, you know, and I would just say I'm thankful to be back in there. And I don't care if it's in a gym, in the apex, in a big on a big card with, you know, the, the most famous people in the sport fighting or in someone's backyard or up on a, on a hill somewhere. I just want to fight, man. And and when and to uh, your point about like Gary, Gary's fantastic. It's another it's another example of someone that has very very deeply sound fundamentals as a jujitsu grappler and as a as a martial artist that allows him to do the things that he does. And people think that there's like gimmicky stuff. Gimmicky things don't work against BJ Penn. Gimmicky stuff gets you beat up. And I would say uh, at least at this level, and and that's what I'm excited to have the opportunity to uh, to try to you know put on display and to go out and, and do and, and that's why i'm excited to have the big challenge ahead of me and Ilya Taporia because i know it's gonna force me as a martial artist to have to grow and and like you said uh people are gonna like it or not like it but i mean i, I can't control that all i can do is uh play with everything that i've got and the chips will fall where they will i totally agree with you when you say when people say oh that can that won't work in in like a real fight, but it works in the academy or in the training on the mats at your at your school. Whatever they could pull off in class, if you're making a guy say uncle 10 times with the same technique, why shouldn't that work in a real fight? He's not letting you do it in here. You know what I'm saying? Right. So, but the only thing I would add sometimes is like the distance managing the distance. Because oh, yeah. he's not aware of that, especially with coming underneath for the legs. If they're not aware of it at all, next thing you know, Leo Santos versus um Oh my the, God. Uh, Grant Dawson. Yeah. I remember yes, that. Grant Dawson. Very good. Thank you. I want to give that kid respect. Cause whew, he needed Tough kid. a fight. I know. And Leo Santos is a stud. And so it's like, just managing the distance is something you've changed though, Ryan. I don't know if you remember this. I actually cornered versus you in your very, very first. Oh fight. yeah. I got punched a lot. I remember that. Yeah. That was Eddie <laughs> Fivey back at Boardwalk Hall in, in AC, man. You remember that? I know. Oh, Eddie yeah. Fivey's a great friend of mine. Uh, uh, he's such a good kid. And a yeah. uh, black belt of the Hikaru Almeida. And he, he's still in the game. Such a good kid and great guy. And, and uh, but, you know, I cornered him. He's been coming around to me since 14. And, but you were already dangerous with jujitsu. So I remember in the back, somebody like I, I, somebody seen you and you were going inverted and you were trying a lot of the stuff that you would try in competitions. But it, and Eddie was already, listen. It's not like Eddie was a white belt. Eddie's a very good black belt. Yeah, I think he was. I'm pretty sure he was a purple belt. I was a blue belt. I, I had no business. I had no business being in that fight. He punched me in the head a bunch. I did remember. I did realize that I didn't mind fighting. Though. I'm like, I wasn't so bad. I should do this again. No, no. Listen, you were in there. You weren't a punk at all. You were dangerous. And but my try my best. What changed, Ryan? What? Because it's not like you went in there and go, oh man, I tried it, didn't work out. But now with world class guys like BJ Penn, you're tapping them. It, it, at the highest level you're so it's like you were still you were still dangerous in jiu-jitsu back then i'm sure tapping a lot of people out back then you were a big triangle guy what's changed i know experience you know adds to everything but what's changed 
Um, you know, man, I, I think Matt, like I've always tried to, to follow, um, you know, you, you gotta, you gotta do what you believe is right. And I have a lot of respect for a lot of people. And I feel very fortunate to have learned from many of the, the best jujitsu guys in the world, the coaches, the athletes, um, some of the best strikers in the world, you know, many, many great, you know, judo and wrestler, judo players and wrestlers. And, uh, over time, you know, you try to get down to the core of what allows things to work. And yeah, it is like someone could be on the surface doing a knee through pass, like, oh, your knee through pass, your knee through pass, it's just the same. And you're like, there's there's a lot, there's a lot of nuance to it, how it works, where it fits, why it really works. And also like, can, if something, if the other guy starts doing something good, do you know how to pivot? And, you know, over the years, I feel like I've, I've done my best to internalize those things and I've, I've lost a lot, but I, I know how to win now. And I, I, I know a lot more than I, than I once did. And I've worked hard and I, I've just gotten beat up enough times that it's hard not to, hard not to improve. So I would just say, uh, I, I think I've been very fortunate to learn from a lot of the best and I've, I've tried to internalize those lessons and, uh, and, and bring them with me, you know, moving forward. And that, again, I, I learned from each competition and I know that win or lose this weekend, I, I will be better after I walk into that ring than I am before it. And no matter what, I'm looking forward to get back in again soon. Now, what were you doing? You said you tried it and you said that wasn't that bad. What were you doing before you fought? And what did you, what did you think you were going to be doing? Oh, well, uh, I'm not sure. Uh, you mean like in life or in, uh, I, oh, I was doing jujitsu. So my coach at the time, um, put me into that fight because in his mind, it was a win-win situation. Like if I was, I did eight jujitsu tournaments in the 10 weekends preceding that thing. And I didn't really do MMA. Someone said, Hey, do you want to fight? And I go, yeah, sure. In my mind, jujitsu, you know, like MMA, it's funny because jujitsu, uh, you know, and Matt remembers, I'm sure you remember Jim, it's a uh, jujitsu now is its own like sport, but um, very much so. And it's very divergent from fighting. Um, and, uh, you know, there's still some crossover. It's pretty divergent. But uh, back then it was always, hey, jujitsu is cool. But the guys that do jujitsu for real do it in the ring and uh, do it in mixed martial arts. It was still a very, very, you know, a deeper connection there, I think, in the jujitsu and MMA community, at least on the grappling side. So um, I, I looked at it as an opportunity to go and, and try to learn something. And I didn't even realize it was a pro fight, honestly. It was three three-minute rounds. I, I five, 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 or three fives wouldn't have done me any better. I would have just got punched more. But uh, anyway, uh, um, so I got put into that fight because if I won, we get to say, oh, I beat a guy that's got a higher belt and he's already done MMA fights. I remember Frankie Edgar, I think, fought on that card, Jim Miller. Uh, maybe Frankie Jim definitely did, but anyway, uh, uh, Mike Easton fought in that card. A lot of guys that ended up going to UFC, but um, I, I had no business being in that ring, and I, I didn't know how to do anything at all. I mean, not that I knew anything really, but I knew how to do nothing other than kind of sort of parry a jab and kick you in the leg, which I attempted to do a bunch of times, and that's about it. And uh, I would go upside down and then just stare at him and get punched in the head, waiting for a triangle to happen. And uh, so I. At that time, I was just doing jiu-jitsu, and I enjoyed fighting, and I liked it, and I feel like it was a scrappy enough kid and tough. Like, I'm not going to quit. You can beat me up, but you're never going to make me quit. And uh, you can knock me out, but that's not quitting. So anyway, it's uh, I after that experience, I went, well, I like that. I look like a raccoon, you know, and then I lost the – 250 bucks or whatever that I got from the fight at the casino immediately right after. And I was, that was a, I was, I was pretty salty, but uh, yeah, I would just say I went and said, I'm going back to jujitsu to take that seriously. This is not MMA is not the sort of thing you, you fiddle around in. Um, but I want to come back one day and learn how to do this right. And it took me six years after that time to get back in the ring. But when I did it at that point, after going to train with TriStar and take MMA seriously, uh, I think I, I was ready to make the transition and I've spent nothing, I've done nothing but that since then. I was 27 at the time, um, and I've done nothing but that with the rest of my life since. And uh, that's I'm ready to fight the best in the world now.
you're doing something right. You haven't lost since. And let me ask you, or I was I was about to ask you and you brought it up. Faraz Zahabi, are you still with him? Oh, yeah, yeah. No, Faraz is going to be in my corner. I will always represent TriStar, these these people in my family. Uh, uh, you know, I could not have more appreciation for TriStar and the Zahabi family and Faraz. Uh, his brother, Eamon, came down to help me for this camp. It was tough to get up to Canada because of the uh, COVID stuff, but uh, we'll be meeting in Vegas, and Faraz is, uh, has always been there for all my fights. Faraz is a great, great coach and uh, and great at jiu-jitsu. You know, I like. I think he's a he's a he's a good leader, Veraz. Veraz, and uh, I'll tell you, man, it's got to give you confidence. And you've seen the growth, man. Even you're talking about you in that first fight with uh, Eddie. You were doing the low kicks, dude. You put your foot wherever you want it now, man. I love it. And if right. they tackle you, <laughs> it's fucking great, man. And and before we let you go, really quick, I have to add this. You know, I, I bring up, I love jujitsu so much, and I bring up a lot for people if they want to see the effectiveness of it. And it's not about bragging. I, I bring up an altercation of what happened that time I had to subdue that. Drink. That was great, man. Well, listen, man, I thank you. Thank you very much. Before that ever happened, ages ago, you were uh, in a restaurant and like this, talk about unruly. This guy was threatening to bite you and this and that in your face and Ryan's face, just like it's now, Jimmy. Talk about just, look, just. Yeah nonchalant <laughs> until he thought, all right, now this, this guy's, the threat's going to be a little too much. It's, and then he neutralized it. Nobody got fucking hurt. It's controlling them. And it was, I think that, listen, I tell my students all the time, avoid, avoid a street situation, avoid it. The, you know what I mean? But that is a beauty. I'm, I'm happy. Not that it happened to you. Not that that should happen to me, but I'm happy that both it did in the sense because that will empower people to learn jujitsu even more so than a lot of your fights, believe it or not. I, I agree. I agree entirely, man. And that's why it was really neat to watch, uh, watch your situation unfold as well, because like, obviously you could hurt that guy, but that wasn't what was required. You control this person, you demonstrate a, you know, a scaled response. That's the beauty of jujitsu. That's the power of martial arts. I think is that, like you said, you can apply what's necessary. You don't have to just hit me with a three piece every single time I look at you crooked because most times it's uh, it just doesn't require that. And, you know, and ultimately, if any people also, I mean, not that I have the right to threaten you and this and that, but you know, it is, man, people don't know what they're getting themselves into. And, you know, just because someone says something a little sharp, or does something a little ridiculous, beating them into a coma, even if even if that's somehow legally justifiable, I don't think that's morally justifiable. And it's nice to see people demonstrate the self-control of a martial artist. And, you know, like, obviously, that's something, again, I've been a big fan of yours forever, Matt. And it's it's just neat to see that in the ring, out of the ring, in the, on the mat, you name it, it. You know, that's something that I would hope to, to try to aspire to myself. And, and those are the people that I look up to. Well, Ryan, what was interesting about that too, is the fact that Matt, I think you touched on it is you, the, the second you got him down, you're like, I'm not going to hurt him. I'm not going to hurt him. Like immediately that, that was what you were letting people know. Like, I'm not going to hurt him. I'm just going to kind of keep him here. And that was the, the main concern you had was like, I'm not going to hurt this guy. You, you weren't in, in, felt feeling threatened by him at all on the ground. It was just you letting people know that you weren't going to do any damage. Well, I mean, how many times do all of us, you know, like we've all been in different places in our life, whether in the gym or whether you know, out in the world, like where, you know, you, you just act in a way that if everyone did to you what they can do to you at any given moment, I don't think that's a world that we all want to live in. You know, I mean, sometimes it gets that serious, but for the most part, it ain't that serious. And it's nice to, to be able to have a scaled response where again, if you need to take it to that place, you can, but that's not your default. And, uh, and, I, and I think that that's, again, why I enjoy fighting, because it, 
of who you have to be to be able to use your skills in the ring against a world-class opponent, against someone that, that wants to hurt you. And like, you are physically at risk and you're, you know, you could get hurt, you get embarrassed, you could go to the hospital, but can you remain calm and composed? Can you execute what you've trained? Can you still be yourself even in a, in what would otherwise be a, a trying moment? And I think that's what martial arts is meant to teach us. And, uh, again, that's why I, that's why I enjoy training and that's why I enjoy fighting. And I was just glad that, uh, that it came out well in that situation way back when. And that nice thing was that was prior to me getting involved in MMA. You know, that was, I, it was just the jiu-jitsu experience that I had. And, uh, you know, it, it just, you almost forget how powerful that is because we're also used to training with other people that do this all the time. You know, you, you can, it is, it is a borderline superpower and, and it's just neat to see things used the right way when it can be. Jimmy, yeah. Jimmy, I don't see you goofing on Ryan Hall when he says superpower. I like <laughs> Jimmy. It's only because I'm right here. <laughs> uh, he's, he's being polite. He's, he, would, he wouldn't be wrong to make fun of me. He's being polite. Listen, I, it's true. I use that a lot. He knows I'm a big fan of. Yep. Well, not for anything. I'm, I'm wearing a Batman shirt. Yeah. I'm a 47 year old man. But the point is this. It is true. I mean, and not th- about having a superpower in a sense where these both guys that in our situations, they might have been real dopes or they might have just been bad drinkers when they bad guys when they drink. They might just. Be a different person when they drink. You've all dealt with guys like that when you're like, yo, did you see a fucking Franco when he drinks? He's not like the same guy. Like, you know what I mean? So like there's certain guys when they drink, they might just be having a bad day. So do you really want to knock their teeth out? Or else do you want to just have them wake up with a hangover being like, ah, fuck, I was mounted last night. And I <laughs> act like a fool. You know what I, mean? I was mounted. I was mounted and shit myself. Like, you know, I mean. I don't know. Well, dude, I mean, we've all sparred with people. I mean, I sparred with George St. Pierre, man. George is amazing. Like, sparred with some of the best guys in the world. Dude, if this guy wanted to put me in the ground, particularly at that time, that would not be a trick. But it's like, man, you know, they're they're gentlemen. They're under control. And even if you get a little bit out of hand, they might be like, hey, man, you know, calm it down a little. You know, it doesn't immediately have to go to a crazy place. And we've all sparred people that it will go to a crazy place immediately if they can get away with it. And I just, I agree with you, man. I don't think that's respectable behavior. So it's, you know, what it is, you try to other people at least how you kind of sort of like to be treated because you know we've all had a couple beers too many before you know and has that is that was that the only time that's happened to you ryan because that that's a great one on film it has it happened before where it wasn't filmed um you know once or twice not not quite like like that i don't i don't really period i don't know what it is man Dude, periodically I, I had like three pandemic's a little weird because people were a little on edge i had like three grown men like in their 30s and 40s like borderline want to fight me two two at Starbucks and one at the chicken restaurant, just standing in a line. And I'm like, I know I don't look very tough, but every now and then you're like, it's the lack of respect that hurts the most. I'm like, dude, you look like somebody's uncle. Like what makes you think you're going to win this thing? And I don't know. So that happens every now and then, but I, I didn't know that that thing was, uh, was recorded until after the fact um, that was a, uh, yeah, that just, that worked out about as well as it could have. And I got to be honest, man, the guy that came the, afterwards, the cops let him go. And I, he came back in. I'm like, oh, I'm going to get a fucking stab for sure. And then, um, all they wanted to do was hug it out, apologize, and buy dinner. That was actually, all things considered, couldn't have gone better. Now, when, when these things happen to you in public places, h- how do you diffuse them before you even have to do anything? Is, is there something in your, your demeanor that lets people know, like, this is a bad move? Um, I, don't, I don't know, to be honest. All I just try to do is, you know, I make space. Because I, th- I think, like, you know, no matter how, how angry I am at you, if I'm outside of arm's reach and I don't have something I can throw at you, you know, I'm not I'm not too much of a risk. So almost just trying to do what you can to uh, to deescalate things, because that was the one thing that did happen in that in that incident in the uh, um, 
the the diner was uh, I, I tried to open the door to get that guy to go outside. I was going to go outside and then run back in and lock the door. I wasn't going to like beat him up on the boardwalk. But, um, you know, one of my buddies was trying to encourage him to leave, but ended up doing so a little bit aggressively. And that's it kind of like sparked back up. And then my guy turned towards him to go after my friend and my friend had a he just had hip surgery. So he wasn't in any position to handle business. That's why I chucked the guy out the door. And then uh, he ended up hitting his head, which I didn't mean to do, but I uh, figured he was going to be angry at that point. So I ended up putting him to sleep just so he wouldn't be, uh, I wouldn't have to hit him. Um, but uh, anyway, um, yeah, you know, you just try not to try to attend, try not to antagonize people and just try to give them a little bit of space. And uh, you know, most things just kind of sort themselves out, I think. And then if it's, that still doesn't do it, if I'm still walking towards Matt after that and he needs to handle business, well, at least you, you gave me a long rope, you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and Ryan, is your is your did your academy survive this madness? Oh, thank God! Yeah, man, we've been in, incredibly fortunate. We have great staff, you know, really, really great students. Um, we were able to uh, to ride it out, and that was that was a tough one, man, because uh, you know it's like there was a lot of uncertainty. I mean, you man, you're still in Long Island, so um, you guys had a crazy set in you know New York, I guess. Um, how was how were things on Long Island? Well, the school that you that you've been to, my one school, that's no, mm-hmm. that's not there no more. But oh. I still have, yeah, the one I seen you in Levittown. But it's yeah. all I'm at my. I have a school that's even bigger in Huntington. Okay. Any logistically, everybody goes there. So whenever you're in town, please, I want you to come visit. Oh man, for sure. And uh, you know, we love having you down. And if you, and again, you can always do a seminar if you're ever in town. We'll talk oh. after. But Ryan, man, listen, dude, you're you're a great role model to your students. You're a, f- a fantastic fighter. This weekend in a stacked card, huge yeah. card, your fight is one of the ones I'm looking forward to the most. Yep, a ten and zero fighter, uh, Ilya Teporia. Uh, it's going to be a great, great uh, fight, and you're eight and one. So I mean, uh, it's really, it's, it's just, a, it's a great matchup. Thanks, guys, so much. I, I can't wait to get out. I, I feel better than ever. I know people say that, but I mean, I, I really feel fantastic. The time away has really given me an opportunity to learn and grow. I'm looking forward to showing that development and just letting it all fly on Saturday. I will, uh, I'll do my best. I'll fight with everything I got. Awesome, man. Tell Faraz I said hello. We'll do for sure. Thanks, guys. All right, take care, man. Good luck. This podcast is brought to you by NEDS, the official wagering partner of the UFC in Australia. Aussie fight fans, keep an eye out for this weekend's UFC pay-per-view event, Player Pump. Player Pump gives you a special fixed odds price for a fighter to win by markets like Method of Victory, Round Betting, and heaps more. You can even pump up your odds on the UFC by combining your favorite markets across different cards. The action doesn't stop with UFC. NEDS has everything you need to Take it to the Ned's level, regardless of what you bet on. Ned's same game multi is now available on more sports than ever before. Blended is also brand new to Ned's and available on all three racing codes. Blended lets you pick multiple runners in the same race at special blended odds. It's never been easier for you to be paid out as a winner. Take UFC to the Ned's level. UFC markets exclude South Australian residents. Minimum blended odds, $1.10. Terms and conditions apply and are available on the Ned's website. Remember to always gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. 
So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Jimmy. Yes, sir. I think, I think Ryan will agree with me that if we put any of our students, the biggest thing I could pass on to my, my guys and gals, if we put anybody in the situation that both of us were in, in those, in those eateries with some knuckleheads that they could do the same exact thing. Yeah. I think Matt, I think to be honest, I think I'm going to take jujitsu now. I, I think as a, I love kickboxing, but I think jujitsu is more practical for what I would need in, in a day to day. I think so situation um, being a waif like little fellow. Um, I have very few, physical confrontations i have a pretty good sense for it but you can't avoid it sometimes yeah like i like when the first thing like when they get it this thing like how you did escalate is you're like yo man i'll suck your dick <laughs> no you don't say that no that's, no that's that's exactly what gets the fight started they're like what I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> sir sir what are you saying yeah. I'm like great. i don't want the ticket uh we'll be talking in a couple of days but jimmy you know how i love this thing i promise you when we're together to make it not weird, if I do choose a song, I won't say, I think we're alone now. The beating of our heart is the only sound. Jimmy Bird, I think we're alone now, my Jimmy Bird. The, <laughs> I'm not going to, that would be so, oh, Jimmy, are you, did you leave? Jimmy, are you coming back? <laughs> I don't want you. <laughs> if I had one ounce of balls, I would have hung up. <laughs> you have to use the bathroom? Jimmy, we're going to have so much fun this yes, we weekend. Are. <laughs> I had a, listen, Jimmy, I, it's, we are, I'm going to have a blast. Yeah, it'll be fun, dude. We're going to get pizza. and I look, I've been eating like a fucking fat boy. But I want, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, we're going to have pizza. We're going to eat. I want veal palm. I want a veal palm hero. All right, well, tell them what like you want, buddy. Kid. Don't make sure I you get a, it. I'm stopping my feet. I want a veal palm hero. All right, you'll get one. We're gonna have such a good time, Jimmy. Cannolis. Yes. I'm gonna. They're not, we're not paying. Fuck no, that they're paying. shit. They're paying. All right, Jimmy. Anything you want to plug? No, buddy. Just uh, you know the Jim and Sam show and uh, Jim Norton uh, cameo.com slash Jim Norton. And uh, I'm doing cameos. Hey, listen. People asking for yo, man. Where can I get that cereal barrel, yo? They don't say that, no. but they do ask me for a shirt here and there. Sure. The SarahBJJ.com. I'm gonna be getting up my. Uh, my merchandise, merchandise, Sarah Flamethrower. Kids love that one. I'm only kidding. That's from Spaceballs. But I'm going to be getting some shirts up and everything very soon. I'm on Cameo. Jimmy, I couldn't love you more. Let me know, by the way, Matt, when you're doing shirts. Yes. Uh, I may be able to help you set up or, or at least give you some uh, a nudge in the right direction. for you. Seriously, for your store. Because uh, I have a, a way that I do it that's pretty streamlined. So let's uh, before I forget, let's we'll talk about that. We'll talk about that this weekend, man, between fights. Later, Jimmy. Goodbye, everyone. Bye, guys. Talk to you soon. NetCredit is here to say yes to a personal loan or line of credit when other lenders say no. Apply in minutes and get a decision as soon as the same day. Loans offered by NetCredit or lending partner banks and serviced by NetCredit. Application subject to review and approval. Learn more at netcredit.com slash partner. NetCredit. Credit to the people. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. 
So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. 